if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Lindsay Partridge is the guest today on Horse Chats, and we welcome her from Canada. Now, Lindsay's a multiple-time champion and reserve champion at the Thoroughbred Makeover and also the uh, Mustang Training Competitions. She's a horse wrangler for feature films and international clinician and freestyle judge. So um, looking forward to talking to her about that. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that International Horse College has got the vision to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people. If you've got the same vision as International Horse College, have a look at the website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Lindsay, are you there? Uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. No worries at all, Lindsay. Welcome to Horse Chats. Now, Lindsay, you've got um, quite a bit we can chat about here, but before we do, just so people get to know you a little bit better, do you have a favourite quote or a favourite saying that you'd like to say and tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got inspired by that saying? I do. I like to tell people that they can do more with less. And for me, it's, it covers a lot of different aspects with horses being able to do more with less because if we think about it in terms of using less tools or less pressure or less confinement, what it really helps us to do is focus more on observing the horse and using our body language with the horse and trying to work with the horse more. And then it really can become effortless and a lot more simple and a lot safer through that whole process. So I love thinking about doing doing more with less. And what I do with my horses is really an example of that where... I've even done a Liberty restart with my horses where I took um, I took a racehorse off the track. And then just to kind of challenge myself, I decided I wasn't going to use any halter, any rope, any stick, any whip, nothing, not even a neck rope, and work them in my big 200 by 80 arena, not confined in a round pen. And it only took me 15 sessions, and I had him ride, walk, trot, figure eights around the arena. And that's using literally no tools whatsoever, just using um, my body language, my understanding of horses and observing him and, and thinking about feel and touch. And so it's really possible to do a lot more with less if we can just be better listeners to our horses and, and become a lot more aware of ourselves. Yeah. You do a lot with thoroughbreds, Lindsay. Tell us how you got started with thoroughbreds. For that, um, I mostly got into the thoroughbreds when the thoroughbred makeover started, and that was back in 2015. And I actually had just had a miscarriage with my husband, and it was really a sad time for me. And I was looking for something to kind of make that experience have meaning. Like, you know, I might not be becoming a mom right now, but maybe my life is meant to do something else instead. And I had kind of been taking a back seat with horse training myself because I had been teaching a lot of lessons, doing a lot of clinics, doing training for other people. So my own 
showing and competing and training with forces of my own had really taken a back burner. And so when, after that kind of all happened around the same time, my friend happened to post about the 2015 thoroughbred makeover. And that was when I first found out about it. And I thought, this is, this is perfect. I'm going to apply to this makeover. I'm going to have a year dedicated to me and my own horses. And, uh, and that I would have, you know, kind of renew my passion with my horses. So I bought two thoroughbreds for the makeover and we went down in October, 2015. And little did we know that we'd be coming back with the overall America's most wanted thoroughbred title, as well as I finished first and second in trail and also um, third and 10th in freestyle. So we had a really good show down there and it just kind of renewed my my love of training my own personal horses and competing. And I, I love the thoroughbred makeover because we're taking horses that are coming off the track and we're giving them a really good solid foundation to be able to go on and do whatever discipline. There's so many different disciplines at the makeover. So the thoroughbred makeover definitely, um, definitely kind of got me inspired about the thoroughbreds and kind of keeps me going. And I love the thoroughbreds because they're so, they're so hardworking and they've got so much energy that you can work with. And I love that because I love to kind of, you know, go out, work with my horses, play and kind of have go, go, go. And I have to kind of pack the most into my sessions now. Uh, my time isn't kind of what it used to be. And so I love that the, the thoroughbreds have all that drive and that energy and, and they fit really well with kind of my style. So I just kind of kept going. And after 2015, I competed in 2016 and won trail and freestyle, competed in 2017. And my horses were again, first, second and third in um, trail. And then 2018, I judged and 2019, I went down as a mom because I finally had, um, we had our first baby girl and, uh, in 2019. So I went down, I think my daughter was only four months old when we went down to the makeover with two horses and somehow I managed finishing second and fourth with both my horses and both their disciplines. So it's kind of crazy, but uh, I guess once you get started, you just can't stop. Is the makeover in Canada or in the... No, it's held at Kentucky Horse Park. Okay. That sounds good. And it's a once a year event. Yeah, it's once a year. So you're, you can start training your horse as of December 1st of the previous year. So people are now training for the 2021 makeover. And you've done some um, work with Mustangs as well. And are you doing much the same with the Mustangs or you were? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the Mustangs are totally different. Their competitions are usually about 100 days. And so you go and you get a, a Mustang and you have to gentle them and go through that whole process. And then you go down to the competition. So I've done four Mustangs, I think, four Mustang competitions. And they're different in that they're hosted all over the United States. So I've done one in Wisconsin. I've done one in Georgia. Um, I can't even remember. Off the, oh, I did an Ohio one. So they're, they're all over the place. So there's lots of these training challenges that happen. And I did my first one in 2019 actually when I was pregnant with my baby girl and, uh, but it was a ground only challenge. So there was no riding. So I thought, Oh, well, this will be a good thing to do while I'm pregnant and not riding. So that was my first one. And we ended up, um, I ended up being legends champion with my Mustang Arwin at the time. So, uh, he, 
he was a lot of fun. And then I enjoyed it so much that I've done a few more Mustang training challenges since. And I'm planning, hopefully, to get another Mustang later this year and, and hopefully be in Texas for, um, for a competition there for the Mustang training. So we'll see how that goes. Which ones do you enjoy the most, the thoroughbreds or the Mustangs? The actual challenge, the competitions themselves and the preparation for it, because they're different, aren't they? You know, I mean, which, which ones do you personally enjoy the most? They're so different. Um, the, the thoroughbred one is kind of fun because your horse gets to be a little bit higher level. I get to play with higher, higher level concepts because the horses are already kind of trained walk, trot, canner. They're already handled and you have such a long time to work with them. You have like 10 months to work with the horses. So you get to do some really neat things. Like my freestyle routines for the thoroughbred makeover are kind of out of this world. If anybody's seen the big blue tarp routine that's bridalist and bareback, you get to do stuff like that. Whereas the Mustang makeovers, you only have them for 90 to 100 days. And you also have to gentle them in that process and teach them about leading and picking up their feet. And you can still do some pretty cool things in the freestyle. And it's still, um, you can still accomplish a lot, but it's not quite the same as when you have that extra timeline with the thoroughbreds. Uh, it's just kind of a different level of, of bond with your horse and, and things that you're able to do. Now, Lindsay, just going back a bit and thinking about you with a career with horses, did you have any other career or were you always going to do horses? I am actually a registered full-time nurse as well as my horse stuff. So it's uh, definitely challenging to, to, to balance both. And I've gone half-time at nursing at different points in my career so that way I could do more with the horses. And then I'm full-time right now. I just came back from a mat leave with them after having our first daughter. And then we're actually pregnant with baby number two. So uh, so I'll be on another mat leave. But uh, I like being a nurse as well. Being a nurse has complemented what I do with the horses because I'm a public health nurse. And I actually specialized in mental health for quite a while. And so I did a lot of learning about resiliency and how to handle stress and fears and anxiety. And all of that really helped with how I coach people. And it also helped with understanding horses because horses, even though they're different animals, they experience a lot of the same emotions. They experience stress, they experience fear, they experience joy. And when you learn to read these emotions in the horses and then you apply psychology, it works really, really well with them and gives that kind of deeper level of understanding. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available. And the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry... If you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine 
maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. And, you know, as a full-time nurse, you, you work within mental health. What are your students like? Are they competitors? Are they ones who use horses to help them personally? I kind of have a little bit of everything. I have um, students in my program that are a lot of students in the program that just simply enjoy horses and want to just have a really great relationship. So a lot of um, my clients just want a safe kind of riding partner or have a lot of people who, who do Liberty and want to play and learn at Liberty. So they do a lot of that. And then I have some students that are also very competitive. Some students that go down with me to the thoroughbred makeover and compete down there. As well, I've got a student that's done Mustang makeover challenges, and we've gone down to compete together. And uh, some other students that compete kind of locally at the different local levels. So it's kind of a, a bit of a mix, but I would say the vast majority of people that are in my program doing the Harmony Horsemanship are mostly just wanting to have a nice relationship with their horse and aren't competitive. What sort of people are they? You know, do you look at people by their personality, you know, those that compete? Because you're working with a range of students. So those that compete, do they have a different edge of their personality that, say, someone who just wants to go and um, connect with their horse or, you know, is what the students want reflected with the types of character traits that they have? Uh, it's, an, it's an interesting question. I would say... The students that are competitive, I can see there's a level of confidence in them and also some ambition and drive and they kind of enjoy and thrive on having kind of a concrete task or goal and something like that to work on and work towards. Whereas kind of the other ones, sometimes they see horses more as their tranquility, their their place of peace and, and rest and um kind of rejuvenate and so then adding a competition into the mix maybe doesn't kind of mesh with how they see being with horses whereas uh, some of the students that like to compete see horses more as kind of fun and athletic and kind of their way to be social and to get out and to learn something new and then and then they tend to be more wanting to try one of the competitions whether it be a virtual competition or you know, a local one, a national one. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, how horses can complement us and help us. You know, horses and humans, we don't just use the horses for one thing. You know, we may have at one stage used horses just for transport, but we use them for so many different things now, not just one. Oh, for sure. So, so true. So, um, one, one of my... Um, one of my clients, she actually does equine-assisted therapy. Actually, a couple of my clients do equine-assisted therapy, and so they use the horse for, for that, and they're very um, very talented and very gifted. Pretty incredible all the different things you can do. If you're going out or, or, you know, just thinking about the students that you work with, do you see and, and thinking, you know, that they have got different interests, different wants, different needs, different requirements of what they want to get out of the horses. But do you see, is there any sort of common fault that you might go into to do a clinic or something? You might see 20 different people during the day and they all have something, just something common that you like to fix when you first start a clinic or first start with a student or 
you know, it could be just something on how they lead their horse, how they mount their horse, or, you know, do you have any particular things that you see as a common fault, something you'd like to correct? I see a lot of people who don't understand what passive leadership is and how it can be confusing for the horse that there is a leader for them when they're letting the horse cross drive lines or get in front of them, behind them, all those kind of little things. And I find it leads to a much bigger conversation with the horse and and can fix a lot of problems later down. For example, with a lot of people, um, especially beginners, they'll buy a horse that's really well trained and they'll say, I bought this really quiet horse. And then a few months later, they'll say, oh, I think it was drugged when they sold it to me. It's now really spooky and it's not at all the same horse. But then I'll watch them work with their horse and the horse is being the passive leader. And so when you're not the leader for your horse, they're not going to trust you and they're not going to feel safe and they are going to become more reactive and more spooky and all of those things. So there's kind of this balance between uh, trust and respect and wanting your horse to like you. And you kind of need to have all of those little pieces fitting in one. And often I see like people are kind of scared of the word respect sometimes and having those boundaries because they want their horse to like them and they don't kind of realize that you need to have respect and boundaries to go hand in hand with your horse liking you and trusting you. So it's possible to have a horse that likes you but doesn't feel safe in your space because they don't respect you and kind of flip that around. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I see is that there's a bit of a uh, a lack of balance between those things. And it can it can go the other way too, where sometimes people are so caught up in their horse respecting them and having manners and, and like being really strict and firm with their horse to the point that their horse doesn't like them and is hard to catch and, and doesn't enjoy being out with them. And so then they need to balance a little bit more of the piece of getting their horse to like them and kind of what those aspects um, fall into that little trilogy of the three pieces that that you really need when you're working with the horses. Yeah, that was well explained. You know, something for people to go back and listen to just that last that last little bit that you said. So in the future, Lindsay, you know, you've got horses now um, in training, getting ready. Anything beyond the next year or is the next year and, you know, looking at doing a couple of Mustang makeovers or um, the thoroughbred? I have uh Right now I have a little horse that I'm training that I just started under saddle this past year who I'm hoping will be able to go to Worlds for Extreme Cowboy Racing, which is, you know, not everybody's aware of what Extreme Cowboy Racing is. It's kind of like an obstacle course on steroids. You have to, you get bonus points how fast you do it, but you still have to be controlled and you get scored on all your obstacles. You may have to go for bridges, go sideways over stuff, all that kind of stuff. So... I have a a horse that I'm training this year for the futurity, and then I'm hoping that she'll become a pro world horse in the future. That's kind of my long-term goal for her. And then my horse for the thoroughbred makeover, who is supposed to be my 2020 horse, but the 2020 makeover got canceled thanks to uh, COVID. And so, um, so they kind of postponed the classes. So we're hoping to go this year in 2021 and compete at the makeover, but I'm also planning to keep her and do some bridalist demos and things with her and, and maybe compete her in some jumping. She's a very, very talented horse. 
Lindsay, sounds great. It sounds like you love the horses and you love the different things that you can do, you know, and you sort of push it a bit to the limits and try this and try that and, you know, all heading in the same direction. And I think that the horses that you work with are being almost complemented by what you're doing with other horses in slightly different areas. And and I think that's it. It's not just this is you, you ride this way or you ride this way, but if you can cross them over a bit, you can learn from one discipline going into another discipline. I think that's excellent. I think you obviously have got a great relationship with your horses and um, I'm sure people would like to be able to contact you and talk to you about their horses or, you know, doing a clinic or whatever. But what's the best way, Lindsay, what's the best way to contact you? Uh, probably the easiest is to go to my website, which is www.lindsaypartridge.com. And because from there you can see my Facebook or my YouTube links and stuff like that. And so Lindsay Partridge is Lindsay, L-A-N-D-S-E-Y. And then Partridge, like the bird, parts and ridge, all one word, dot uh, com. That's wonderful. People can go and find out a little bit more about you there. If they do miss that, they can go to horsechats.com. And just search for Lindsay or search for Partridge and at the bottom of your chat page, all your contact details will be on there as well. Thanks, Lindsay, for coming on and hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 